Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. It is Sunday. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have my intrepid and, as usual, wonderful co-host, Mr. Chris Sheridan. How are you doing, sir? Mr. Jason, I'm doing fine. And it's uh, Mr. Jason. I like that. Mr. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> it's like like the way they'd refer to you at a really fancy hotel in an in an old movie. You know, you're not your last name. You're uh, you're Mr. Chris. Mr. Chris. What can I yeah. what can I get you, Mr. Chris? Mr. Chris. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. That's where that's where we're at. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, the formal. <laughs> we're going all formalities. <laughs> why not? Well, you know, I mean, why not have a title? Why, why not, not have a indeed? You know, Sir or Duke or um, yeah. Or, or I, I just I go with your your magnificence. Your magnificence. That's, you know, that's, that's the one I prefer. Not everyone's on board with that yet. I'm, yeah. I'm well, surprised. We're, but... Keep keep working okay. on that. <laughs> keep pu- keep pushing for that. One of these days. Yeah. They're going to yeah. they're going to fall into line. Believe me. Yeah. All right. So today we are continuing uh, our second part of the Hermetic Marriage Manly Hall's wonderful little uh, pamphlet uh, that we went into. We started it last week and the full title. This is the Hermetic Marriage Being a Study in the Philosophy of the Thrice Greatest Hermes by Manly P. Hall. So go back and check that out if you haven't listened to to that one yet. It's not necessary. You know, we're going to get into some of the finer points of it, but we're going to get into some different material today. So, but it is nice because we do contextualize kind of a little bit of the history of uh, hermetic thought and so on. And it kind of give you a little better idea of, you know, where this is coming from. Uh, but today, today we're going to be looking at hermetic philosophy in myths and fairy tales, essentially. And looking at some of those ideas, some of the uh, some of the principles contained in these ideas, these hermetic ideas that are contained in these stories and so forth. Um, and that's going to be uh, the format of the show today. So I'm going to hand it over to Chris in a second. He's got the, the structure of this thing and he's going to kind of run with it today. So uh, but I just want to thank everyone who's listening. Thank you for showing up. Uh, and supporting us each week and listening to the show on Sunday and also our Friday show or Emmett Fox Friday show. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening to that and supporting that as well. So thanks again for that. You can check us out at CosmicEye.org or ChrisSheridan.com. And uh, both our books are available uh, through uh, either of those sites. Well, not either, but Chris's is on his site and mine is on CosmicEye.org or through Amazon. Uh, Chris has uh, his book, The Spirit in the Sky by Chris Sheridan. And I highly encourage you guys to check that out. Excellent book. And it will inspire you and give you some new knowledge. Uh, my book is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. And again, those are both available on Amazon or on those websites. So, uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and take it from the top? I will. That's a great place to take it. You like that? Take it from yeah, the top. Take it from the top. Yeah. <laughs> I won, and I do. And, uh, <laughs> there you go. You awakened my inner Lawrence. Right here, I was Thank just going to say it. <laughs> I really, you really brought me back there. I remember my grandma yeah. watching that show on PBS back in the day. She oh, thanks. That, yeah. that was my favorite show. You know? I'm sure it Andrew, was. And your grandma's. Yeah, yeah, we watch it together. You guys, <laughs> watch what you're saying about my grandma, sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, young and rest. old. Yes. Children at heart of all ages. Children at heart of all ages. <laughs> <laughs> Let, release we, release uh, the bubbles. <laughs> well, speaking of yeah. bubbles, are you a good witch or a bad witch? And children, fairy stories. This is a nice segue into chapter three of the Hermetic Marriage, the Hermetic philosophy in myths and fairy stories. And we're going to kind of combine 
part three and part four, which is the love stories of the gods. So these are myths and fairy stories uh, that also show this hermetic marriage that we talked about last week, the union of the sun and the moon and alchemy. It was the gold and the silver, the head and the heart, this great archetypal connection, the yin and yang of Taoism that you need both, both need to be in harmony with each other to have a complete and total life. And that's the hermetic marriage. That's basically the hermetic philosophy in a very short um, telling. And it comes up, like I said, the ones I already mentioned with, you know, that we talked about last week with alchemy and Taoism. Here, we're going to use a couple fairy tales and a uh, love story uh, from the gods and goddesses of Greece um, to go through this uh, and maybe explore even further uh, this hermetic marriage. And I have something. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. To okay. I was, but um, that's okay. Go ahead. You know, no, 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 that's okay. No, I, I, was, I completed my thought. Okay. Well, I would, let me just uh, pop in then real quick because I, I wanted to say, so this principle, this idea is related to the principle of polarity, obviously the masculine and feminine, uh, energies and, and and as Chris said the uh, you know the yin yang uh, this, these these principles by the way can be found these hermetic principles can be found in 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 two places that are really uh, great reading I wanted to just kind of point these out before I forget uh, one is in the divine Pymander or Pymander P Y M A N D E R and there's multiple versions of that floating around on the internet uh, and it's listed uh, by Hermes Mercurius. Trismegistus. The cool one that I like is the blue one by Yogi Publication Society. That's kind of a, a nice little bound version of that. Um, it's hardbound, and uh, you can get them pretty cheaply on Amazon. The other one is this uh, another work called the Kabbalion, K Y B A L I O N. And both of these books deal with these hermetic principles. We're getting into only one of the principles, really, this kind of masculine feminine thing and the balance, polarity of opposites, and the balancing thereof. Uh, but there's there's multiple different uh, principles that are that are in this philosophy that you know that go beyond the scope of what we're talking about today. So I would recommend those two books, mm -hmm. and we may have. And the law of attraction would be one of them. Mm -hmm. Law of correspondence, mm -hmm. as above, so below. Mm -hmm. I think we've mentioned. We've talked about yeah. that one, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, so that's we're we're talking about love today. We're talking about <laughs> love indeed, and we're talking about uh, masculine and feminine energies and all that business. So go on, go on, my friend. And that's a, that's a great way to, to look at um, this connection, because it seems kind of dry and cold when you're talking about, well, this metal combining with this metal, or it's abstract, like heaven and earth or something, but it's also a love story. It's a romance. And like any other romance, there can be difficulties um, between these uh, two polarities, uh, but they have to be brought to together, and they both have to be operating. Uh, you can even think of electricity. There's a positive and a negative poles of an electric circuit, um, but they both have to be connected or there's no circuit and the thing doesn't work. So uh, that's what we're getting at here. And these tales, these love tales uh, from fairy tales are um, Beauty and the Beast, uh, as well as Sleeping Beauty. Uh, there's a beauty theme going on here. And uh, we'll, let me just talk for a second about you know, really the function of myth, like, you know, why would you have a fairy tale, you know, or a myth? I mean, they're interesting and they take you away, uh, but they also tell us something about ourselves and how to live and how to maybe approach some of the 
different stages and conditions we face in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and also the, the folk tales, fairy tales and mythological stories uh, also serve to, you know, carry forward some of these ancient ideas in times where those ancient ideas were considered heretical to the church and so forth. Uh, so that's another that's another function of these myths is to sort of hide the ancient wisdom in them um, and ideas that are more, you know, that are at the time considered somewhat subversive. So that's that's kind of um, one of their functions as well. But you're right. It's like mainly, you know, they're they're telling us stories about ourselves and our own internal psychic life and life and, you know, as as we know it on on Earth. But they, you know, they tell it in ways that are dramatic and have these sort of archetypal characters that we see. And, you know, we'll look at these stories as being something maybe outside of ourselves or just a, you know, a quaint fantasy or something. But what's really going on in these stories is, you know, is the wisdom of the ages being told to you in a simplified form that's telling you how to, you know, how to kind of transmute the soul, how to, you know, how to sort of, um, spiritualized matter in essence. I mean, that's what these, these things are about. And at least these particular ones we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And it brings these, these opposites together. And these are of course told in a, you know, a male and a female, it's some version of Prince Charming and Princess Beautiful um, that have to go through obstacles to get together, but they're neither one or whole until they can come together. So this first one um, is Beauty and the Beast. Uh, there's Disney versions of it. There's uh, very dark versions of it that even in modern tellings. Uh, but essentially, uh, the guy, the man, uh, has been turned into a beast um, and has lost his benevolent self. He's lost touch with the better part of a man or a person uh, and has become this hideous monster um, you know, I think under a spell, I actually tell you, dude, I don't really know the story particularly because I think it's told several ways, mm-hmm. but however it has come about. Um, but the other character, the beauty character is this, you know, more feminine nature that is benevolent, that is caring, uh, that has a redeeming quality uh, that can rescue, because uh, I guess she senses in him that it's still there. You know, mm-hmm. the the gentleman is is within the beast. You know, there's still some part of it. Uh, so she serves this rescuing function uh, that's something of beauty and of be- benevolence and of compassion puts a whole different spin on something that may just be knowledge or skill or activity. You know, then you're doing the thing that you're doing in you know the right way or a way that helps more people. You know, there has to be, and there's even mm. in other myths, there's the face that launched a thousand ships. Um, or you live in Vegas, somebody's at the crap tables and like, baby needs a new pair of shoes and <laughs> throws the yeah, dice. Yeah. It's like, you know, guys kind of as a group, we we probably wouldn't get much done if it, if it wasn't for women. Yeah. We didn't, you know, and I'm talking this in the, not in a gender sense, but in a, in a you know. No, uh, that's a gender sense. In archetypal let's, let's, dynamic and, and, and that too, and it's historical. Yeah. Like, Whatever, whoever you know, wears speaking. the hat yeah, sure. <laughs> in the family is fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but it has to be, you know, inspired by that. You know, otherwise it probably were too lazy or something. Yeah. You never finished project. Um, so we need that to, you know, for action. Uh, but it's also action that's, 
done you know, in, in a much better way mm-hmm. than if it were left to its own devices or just run on power you know, or greed or it could become greed. Yeah, exactly. And I think with, without this you know, op- opposing but very dynamic uh, force. Well, that balancing energy, right? And so yeah. it's I really, I think it's getting at, you know, Beast is, is this kind of gruff, you know, angry, sort of ferocious, scary uh, creature at this point. You know, and he's holed up in his castle and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, doesn't want to leave and, you know, he's enchanted and stuck there and so forth. Um, you know, I think that represents kind of this idea of, of this kind of masculine energy gone, gone wild without the balancing power of, of the feminine in there. You know, it's, it's like, like if you looked at it, it would be like, you know, when, when, for example, like when corporations, you know, go, go nuts and their only sole motive is profit and they don't care who they hurt. And, you know, they're not really interested in the environment and they're not interested in, you know, the psychological or social implications of the work that they're doing and whether or not they're poisoning things. And so, you know, they've gone into beast mode as it were, and not in a good way, like when you're working out, Mm -hmm. but into like this beast mode where, you're not balancing that out with the heart. You're not balancing out with any kind of emotional content or feelings or fine, you know, sort of fine thought in terms of how things are interrelated. And all that is traditionally, you know, in the past, obviously been, been sort of um, symbolized by, by, by these, these feminine qualities, you know, the maternal qualities and the connectedness, the interconnected nature of things, the nurturing you know, all those were qualities that people considered motherly and feminine and so forth, you know, in this, in this classical sort of symbolism, right? So they, you, need, right. You, need that, you need that balance between the two. And so it becomes Belle, who's beauty, who, who brings that to him by, you know, her, her love and her compassion towards him and her perseverance in dealing with his gruffness and so forth as well, as you see when the story unfolds. Oh, make no mistake on the feminine side, this beauty and compassion and love and so on. Yeah. Um, it, it's not a weak force no, it has a, at all. A very tough, it has a very <laughs> it tough is, nature to it's it. It's incredibly strong. Yeah. Yes. Like, but yeah. like water, it's yielding, but at the same time, it's like powerful. It's immensely powerful. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's an interesting point. Well, they're that. both powerful and they need to have their powers, you know, balanced, these two archetype and i think you mentioned something about bell being a um a rose in a thorny bush um was that in this or was that in it sleeping in, beauty maybe that was in sleeping i think beauty. that was sleeping well beauty, actually yeah. that's that's where we're moving on so to next, maybe, so maybe right? you're naturally of being it. attracted to the next step in this process i think, I so. think so as well. so just to you know just to review with the beauty can rescue and redeem that which has gone beastly yeah so what we have in Sleeping Beauty is another aspect, another way of telling this same dynamic and the importance of this marriage, uh, but also maybe what the other role is, um, or another role mm-hmm. in this to play, in that in the heart of humans, man, women, anybody, uh, we can bury <laughs> some of our, like as we get older, maybe our innocence is lost, or some of these more childlike qualities, uh, hope even um, can get lost and enthusiasm. And we might lose some of our uh, sense of that and just got to go to work and well, it's just business, nothing personal. 
uh, we can move away from that. And, and this story of Sleeping Beauty, um, the beauty is still beauty. It is still this same power and um, compassionate love that was in Beauty and the Beast. But that's the part that has become dormant. Um, it has been hidden. Uh, we see this in fairy tales. It's uh, in the tower. It's somehow removed from the night. He has to rescue her. The, you know, the dragon has her captivated. Uh, there's something separating uh, her, which is is so needed. You know, this is the lifeblood of the, you know, of the soul. Um, but through spell, enchantment, uh, different things, and this one uses the you know the sleeping. That's a reason for the sleeping because it's probably asleep more than it is like gone. Mm -hmm. um, so it needs to be awakened. It needs to be aroused, um, and that in this scenario and myths like it, it's the strength and the determination and really the single focus of Prince Charming uh, or the knight in shining armor, whoever comes uh, to the rescue. And whether it's uh, you know the, the parents that have her in the tower or the dragon that has her protected or the, the spell of enchantment that has her locked away and asleep. And he has to go through the briars and the thorns and you know, there's a lot of forest imagery in this one um, to get to her, uh, and and in doing so, and with this kiss, this spark of of inspiration, um, she's awakened once again, where she can, you know, be her self, just like the beast needed to become a better man. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this beauty needs to be rescued from either just being lost along the way or it's been bur you know, overburdened by the troubles of everyday life and you yeah. know, your beauty has been uh, somehow pushed down. Uh, so it's a different way of telling you know, another aspect of this, uh, this marriage. Yeah, exactly. And so you see that sort of feminine aspect, that beauty aspect, that, you know, that creativity, that sort of connection and loving feeling quality and so on is, has, is asleep. It's, it's been put to sleep by a wicked queen. And then you see that the prince has to, has to rescue that. So, you know, they can also, the idea of this too is, you know, one of the psychological union aspects of this is that that would be the, what would be called the anima in a man, which is the feminine side of a man uh, that, you know, traditionally needed to be sort of brought up to balance everything out. And then of course, women have the opposite of that. They would have an animus, which would be like, it would be as if the, you know, the prince were asleep and she, you know, she would, and then, and then the princess were rescuing, you know, the prince, that would be the animus within. So, and of course, you know, this is you know, symbolic stuff, but at any rate, my point to this is that he also points out, Manuel points out that the prince, as he's going through, you were talking about those briars and so on, that that's like, um, you know, the vicissitudes and challenges of life, you know, and oftentimes life can, you know, can kind of cut us and we get pricked by thorns and, and so on. And that's the, uh, that's that sort of symbolic uh, meaning behind that. And he says, and he very specifically says, peace will never be found without labor. So go with the faith of a true prince into the world, which is the forest of nettles for the world's filled with aggravating, pricking, tearing and wounding things. So, you know, there's, that's this brave quality that we've got to, we've got to have in our lives to, to resurrect that feeling uh, and that more feminine quality that kind of balances everything out, right? 
It is, and he says, there is beauty in all things. If your life has been deprived of it, go forth like the prince and claim it. But you also may have to go through the forest of thorns and you, and also gain the, the spirit of a hero. Mm-hmm. You know, this takes something else for the, the prince, you know, in, in Sleeping Beauty, as well as beauty in Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast. Uh, it takes a, it, it's a major force of power, maybe beyond, you know, normal human experience yeah. um, to really be that force and that, you know, to either rescue uh, one or to redeem the other. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a heroic act. It's a heroic it act indeed. Yeah. It's not, it's not an ordinary, um, you know, task. No. And that's why all these great yeah. stories, I mean, it's the quest. It's, you have to, you know, climb the mountain. You have to, you know, go in the cave. You have to do all mm-hmm. these things and you know, nowhere further would one have to go than hell um, to rescue um, this beauty than, than our friend Orpheus. And uh, I guess we'll be coming up in the next, yeah. the next story when we get to Yeah. Let's, let's say, get to that. Let um, me say this first though, you know, this, and this is where this gets back to this idea of this hermetic marriage, you know, which you mentioned at the beginning, you know, we talked about in the other show, it's like the marriage of the sun and the moon, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, melting together of the the gold and the silver and all these different sort of alchemical and symbolic sort of representations of this thing. But, you know, in these stories, they're literally getting married at the end of the story, these characters also. And so it's representing that, that um, those opposites coming together, the polarities is, is being balanced out. And then they're, you know, in a sense, what's happening is those two are turning into a, sort of a yin yin and yang symbol together right the tai chi symbol um and as in their merging in their marriage their hermetic marriage you know what i mean well and then they become something in a way each one of them becomes something wholly different than what they were in this exactly instead of beauty and the beast it's it's the beauty. There you go. Yeah. I guess it's not so beastly at the end. Well, he, or, he, you know, he, Prince Charming. you know, what's interesting about that one though, that, you know, it's interesting. Those two, those two stories. So, you know, you see beauty taking in a sense, bell, you know, the beauty in this case, take, she's a more active feminine role in a sense. Um, you know, whereas like in this Prince Charming story, it's like you said, uh, you know, the Prince is, is rescuing this, uh, this, you know, this maiden, the princess, um, who's under this spell? It's kind. Of, it's you're right. Those two things are the opposite story. So in a sense, like you could look at these in, you know, in different different lights. Because every you know the thing about this that's 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 interesting about these stories is, you know, tr- obviously traditionally, traditionally, men have a certain role in society, and traditionally women had a certain role in society, and all that has has changed, you know, in the in this time that we live in. So, you know, you might find yourself as a woman having really, um, you know, sort of active masculine qualities because, you know, you've been, you went to school and excelled in that, and maybe you excelled in sports and then went into the corporate world and really killed it there and stuff. So, you know, women may find themselves needing to resurrect some of these feminine qualities in themselves. Men, for example, may, you know, have taken a more interior kind of life now and may have more quote unquote feminine qualities within them. And then they may need to resuscitate more of the masculine energy. So this is where these, 
you know, these tales, like you're saying, they kind of, they do go beyond, beyond gender. Now, traditionally, when these tales were told, there were very clear roles for people. Now, you know, you've got to look at this, in, you know, somewhat more symbolically, but they, they do still hold in some ways, traditionally, you know, certain, certain people live in more traditional roles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this is where we've got to look at these things. And we'll, we'll talk about this more at the end of the show. But this is where you got to look at these things and kind of look at your own situation, your own development, in terms of those masculine and feminine energies, and, and see what what you need to rescue. Right? So, because it's going to be different. Well, a lot of times we, we have to be both. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Take the, you know, the single mom, you know, generations yeah. now. It's not just one. Um, that they've had to be the breadwinner and they've had to be the nurturing mm-hmm. mother, you know, literally, you know, wearing both hats. That was traditional yeah. uh, with a man and a woman. And what happens is um, both kind of lose. Yeah. And that they don't get to fully develop uh, maybe some of the feminine things. Um, but, you know, also maybe, you know, have to develop some masculine ish mm-hmm. things, um, but maybe not, not even get the best of those either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's tough. So, it's tough. yeah, I think we, we yeah. both need to get in. We all need to get in touch with in, in trans. It really doesn't matter what, you know, you know, we're in the shade of gray or the, the rainbow hue. Um, you know, you think of gender, it's, it's the role. It's the yeah. act. Um, we, it's the head and the heart, really, if you want to get the masculine and the feminine, um, you know, within each mm-hmm. one of us. And like you said, in the Jungian, the animus, and the animus, that we have whatever gender we identify as, we also have the other um, archetypal um, yin and yang within us. Uh, it's about it's the, the balancing yeah. and, and getting the, the best mm-hmm. of both. And what happens is when one is being <laughs> on its best behavior, it is naturally bringing out the best mm-hmm. of the other. The more the other can be its true self, the more it, powerful it is and able to help the other. So it's a kind of a both lifting each other up and that's what a, a true union should be it should uh, both should be stronger both should be better by making themselves better and making each other uh, you know a better fit yeah but both in the in the relationship world and within oneself right yeah Absolutely. good point Absolutely. and speaking of relationships let's talk orpheus and eurydice you were moving in that direction and i interrupted you so let us get okay. into that one okay this uh, from greek mythology um orpheus was Orpheus the son of Apollo? I believe that's correct. That sounds that sounds correct okay. to me. Uh, I'm putting that in the question because I, you know, can check me on the work, but really we're focusing on the um, on the relationship. So he had, you know, again has you know divine and this princess and the prince. You know, they already come from some archetypal king and queen uh, mm-hmm. lineage anyway. So it's it's a little easier, clearer to see these, um, you know, who these people are and. Orpheus, um, I guess through Apollo, um, was the greatest musician ever. Uh, people would follow his feet. Young uh, poet. Young poet. You know, yeah. And poet, yeah. I and mean, really the, the music and the muse and the prose and uh, having um, this great skill with words and, and with the, uh, the live mm-hmm. the instrument um, and great ability. Um, to play was also matched with the inspiration and the why he wants to do it, the love of the music, what's behind the words, what, you know, 
otherwise the notes would just be empty without this inspirational force, you know, playing with feeling. Uh, you can get a computer to play any kind of note you want on a synth guitar or piano or something like that. And it's in perfect time and perfect pitch every time. Um, but you might not groove to yeah. it. It might not. It just doesn't have that feeling. It doesn't have, oh, yeah, that's got some heart. Yeah. You know, uh, a bunch of words or just a bunch of words. But, oh, you, you can see the heart, you know, in there. Uh, so he had this, and his wife Eurydice, you know, just adored, adored her, loved her, and it was the, again, they they kind of started out, I guess, in this story. Uh, well, we're jumping in the story uh, where they're already together. We already have this union. So this is again looking at the same story in, in another telling, in another way. So having this, Eurydice is, you know, enamored and you know a great partner. Orpheus and Orpheus is doing the best of both. He has the heart through her and he has the skill uh, through his, uh, his own being and the masses love it. It's great for everybody. It's a win all the way around until she gets bitten by a snake and dies and is taken to the underworld. And I'm speeding things up. Um, but what happens is without her, he would play and he would play the same songs with the same notes, but it wasn't the same. And nobody liked it. He didn't like it. He wept. He wept for her. He knew at some point that he was going to have to go down to the underworld and rescue her. And he does. And we see this in a lot of going to the underworld, going to hell, going to Hades, uh, seeking out uh, Pluto. Um, to find, to rescue something that's been brought down there. There's, uh, but anyway, it, it, it's a common theme to go down and rescue yes. something from the underworld. Again, it's sleeping or it's trapped or it's in jail or it's uh, in a cave. And it's generally feminine, the which deals with soul yes, feeling yes, and is. all those things we've been talking about, right? And you have to go in a, a deep, dark yeah. place to get it. Yeah. That's where it, it often gets yeah. uh, hidden. Um, so uh, there's this three-headed dog, Cerebrus, which might be familiar to anybody who knows Harry Potter. I think that came up in at least one. Um, Hercules had to, <laughs> in one of his labors, he had to get through this gatekeeper and it really keeps you from going down there um, because it's not for everybody. Um, and in the case of Orpheus, he was able to play. He still had enough heart because he, it was his soul's longing, his needing to you know, recover what had been lost that drew him down, you know, there to, to get on, on this quest and, uh, and rescue her. So he lulls the three-headed dog gatekeeper to sleep with his music and goes down and basically makes a deal with, with Pluto um, and that he would release Eurydice. He could take her back to the surface under one condition, if on the way back, he would lead the way and she would follow, but he was not allowed to look back. This don't look back. I, it comes up in music a lot. I think Bob Dylan and Boston, some other bands is, you know, don't look back um, theme. And that's where it comes from mythologically and in music uh, is this don't look back. It's kind of trusting. So there's a lesson in that, but as he comes to the surface and uh, he believes she's behind him, can't see her, can't hear her, 
but as he's very close to the goal, he does turn back and he just gets a glimpse of her kind of disintegrating, uh, falling backwards back into the underworld. And to make a short story endless, he gets back on the surface. He still tries to play. Not only do people not like it, um, he goes off on this to this island, and the inhabitants there end up they end up cutting his head off, don't they, and uh, floating it down the river? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, no, it was so bad. Pretty, I mean, it was, it was a tough. Know, it was a tough ending for him. It wasn't, it wasn't they just didn't ending, like his yeah. music. It was, it, oh, it was yeah. a terrible ending. Still yeah. had all the skill. Still had every single it's, bit of the skill, but didn't have the inspiration. So this is another telling of the importance of how. Well, think of that. That uh, symbol, though, they're cutting his head off. I mean, he's all in his head. He doesn't have any of the heart part of it, mm. you know. And they throw that in the river. He had too he had much. Too much head. Yeah, anyway. he's too, too much, much up in his head. Or the, the or the imbalance. That's Let me read this little so. section, if I may, uh, that we that we talked about before uh-huh. the show. So this uh, is Manley Hall kind of summing this up. It says all things in nature are at their summum bonum when each quality complements every other. Reason, logic, philosophy, courage, daring, even aspiration are the masculine qualities or factors. They lend strength to accomplishment, but they are incomplete unless there is added to them inspiration intuition grace beauty faith and love either love of labor or the spirit behind labor so really i mean that's what what he's talking about when those two things are hand in hand that's the the king and the queen that's the hermetic marriage that's the sun and the moon working together that's the heart and the mind like you talked about you know this is what we're talking about you know well it's science and ethics if you want to bring modern something we face every day yeah um you know, can we split the atom? Sure, let's make a bomb. Should we split well, the atom? Maybe that's ever. another story. Yeah, no, exactly. yeah. No, it's like, yeah. how do we split the atom? And I'm going to try as sure. hard as I can to do it, but it's not guided by you know. And maybe later on, you can say, well, atomic, uh, maybe power for electricity or atomic medicine, you know, for a, you know, diagnostics yeah. and things like that. Uh, you know, may have had uh, you know may have a little more of a benevolent, more ethical you know use of this power sure sure scientific thing that's why that's really important to have in politics Mm -hmm. in business Mm -hmm. in science in all these things uh uh, you know wall street i mean it's just how much more money can we make it's like well and you were talking about businesses like um there is this phenomenon now which is great this buy one give one um paradigm where Mm -hmm. it's you know it's a sock or a shoe or something well a pair uh, that gets uh, wait you get the pair you, you don't just get the one shoe that's what you're saying yeah i know <laughs> we're repairing these shoes and to be paired together they're, they're that's set. good to know um again that we're talking about this pair it's yes. the left and the right the harmony you know we're out if of we whack, only send we, one you know, shoe we're just... of course you know my friends who were amputees you know get get the well they still wear shoes anyway so. <laughs> good point chris good point <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's be inclusive. Let's be inclusive. Oh, well, no, I think they would particularly <laughs> laugh at this. I know one would. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that having this, you know, ethical thing that, you know, yes, you're buying a pair of shoes and you've made a commercial capitalist yeah. transaction. And yes, the company's making money. And guess what? Somebody else is getting a free yeah. pair of shoes. Yeah. No, it's exactly. Like, 
I yeah, mean, how yeah. cool is that? That's a that's a, you know, that's a great example. There, I think, is a little more balanced. But it doesn't mm-hmm. deny the other, though. The company can still mm-hmm. make a million dollars, and you can s- still spend you know fifty or more dollars on a pair of shoes. But you're not really going to have the guilt because you know someone mm-hmm. else is getting shoes, and you know, or there's you know some companies that you know raised even the base workers' mm-hmm. salary to a certain sure, to yeah. a living wage. Um, and you know, and that can do it. So there's, yeah, there's you know, movement we see it in that direction, isn't there? You know what yeah. I mean? And and there, you know, there really needs to be exactly more of that. Good point, though. Very practical. But what? Uh, well, let's yeah. talk. Well, and there's also no, the no, personal. Yeah, as you were saying, I was just going to say, no, let's let's yeah. since we are getting towards the end, let's start to talk a little bit about. That's kind of one way of practical application you know at the end of the show i we usually like to talk about how, how do how can we put this to use how can we wrestle with this material in our own lives and stuff like that let's talk about that a little bit so you brought up one good thing business is a, is a great place where that can happen so we see how capitalism is mm-hmm. maybe you know a little focused on 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 profit at all costs and so you know it needs the heart to balance it out and you, you brought up a good point of some of these companies that are starting to do make more ethical choices and be you know they have this now too this um new form of business called a B corporation where it's kind of a mix between a nonprofit and a, and a regular corporation. And it doesn't uh, have the constraints that a corporation has. One of the reasons why corporations are so ruthless, unfortunately, is, is that they're, you know, they're set up, especially the ones that have shareholders, you, you, you know, you're bound by law to maximize profit and minimize costs so that you're you're breaking the law if you're actually trying to do things more ethically at times and so you know and you've probably seen that that documentary about corporations uh what is it called um maybe called the corporation or something like that but it it talks about how if a corporation were a human being it would look like a a sociopath basically and unfortunately you know those laws are in place that make it that way do you know what i mean Oh, I do, but the, the grand irony is that a corporation, corp, corpus, yeah. it's the body, and when you have a corporation, it has. Uh, some people believe that it has mm-hmm. rights of, of a person. This corporation, entity, is yeah, thing, but it's yeah, but it's, but it's, it's you know, it, it's, it's it's a really pretty diabolical or poorly programmed about it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, that's the. But, you know, when and, and I'm not, you know, impugning all corporations because some of them have noble motives. But, you know, if it's set up, though, with, you know, this idea of profit at all costs, constant growth, you know, um, a, a sort of disregard for, you know, the social implications, the psychological implications of what they're doing, the ecological impact of what they're doing and so on, <clears throat> then, you know, then they're disconnected from the heart part of it. It's all about thinking. This sounds like a good idea. Yeah, let's. This is the theory. This should be a good idea. But in practice, a lot of people are are being harmed, unfortunately, and and and, and the earth's being harmed, and so on, because it's without that that heart factor. And if we were, you know, if we're able to put that back in, like I said, like within some of these things, these new forms of business and these new ways of doing things, you can have that head and heart working together. You can have that hermetic marriage in business, you know, and so. Let's let's talk a little bit though on a personal level. Um, how, mm-hmm. you know, talk a little bit about how people can wrestle with some of this stuff in their own lives and how they might be able to try to find this balance in their own life. Where where would you start? 
maybe reading these some of these fairy tales and starting to like become familiar with some of this material again in a new way that would probably be helpful right well it would be and um well where do yeah. i start which one do i you know read uh start anywhere and anyone that you read uh, or maybe see a movie or something uh, mm-hmm. that resonates with you, that somehow you connect with the character, the story, or something that's going on. That's why there's so many different ones and different ways, because there's people look at things in different ways. And uh, But I think there's something in that, though. If you do connect with some material that resonates with you, um, or something, yeah. bring one back from childhood, that, you know, I always like like that one. Uh, it means there's something in it for you and try to draw mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. out of that. And I think you could almost yeah. pick any one or st- start with any one and see, yeah. see how far you can get with that. Um, you know, some might do better for, you know, other people or, or other things that you want to look at. But first of all, I think we really, you read that uh, paragraph and it's, it's good to kind of reiterate what these two aspects are mm-hmm. in ourselves. You know, the story out there is the myth that actually shows yes, us exactly. a projection. You know, in a movie, it's literally a projection that we can see out here. What we can't really yeah. see, because these are invisible forces, but they play out visibly in the world. And and I would use movies. I think there's some great movies. Uh, like Casablanca, that's, yeah. a, that's a tale of redemption. There was a broken man at the beginning that, you know, Sure. Stuck his neck out for no one. And at the end, he risk, risked it all for the girl that broke his heart. I mean, that's the classic fairy tale. Yeah. If that's not a redemptive power. Sure. And Il- Ilsa is, you know, the princess. Uh, and he didn't want, he did not wind up with her. And they, they, those two did not live happily ever after. Yeah. Well, maybe they did, but not together. Uh, so it was, mm-hmm. you know, unconditional love. Well, it's a higher and, spiritual and, 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 I mean, love. It's you know, not just the love. romance love, it's a higher spiritual love. He's learning that lesson. You know, and, and I think you you hit on a good point. You've you've got to see those these characters as parts of yourself. The characters out there are parts mm-hmm. of you in here. You know, think about that as you're watching those those tales, and think about how those play out in your own life. You know, you've got a you know a, a princess in there. You've got a king in there. You've got a, a prince. You've got a you know, a sort of trickster figure in there and all these different characters you'll see, you know, we're focusing on the, on the King and Queen, on the Prince and Princess, on Beauty and the Beast. And, you know, this sort of pair of opposites in essence that are trying to be brought together, but there's a whole host of these other characters in these different stories. But generally speaking, in almost any of these fairy tales, you're right. You're going to see this theme of this hermetic marriage idea playing itself out in one way or another, no matter how many characters there are, there's going to be a love story in there in some fashion or another, and someone's being rescued in some fashion or another in, in, in any of these tales. So, so and let me, right. Rescued and redeemed, transformed, transformed and balanced. And even yeah. in an actual love story movie, usually it's sure. boy meets girl, boy loses girl. And then boy wins girl over. There's something that, you know, comes, mm-hmm. uh, they both have to change uh, to some degree. Absolutely. And another way, you know, another thing to look at in these stories, whether you're reading these these fairy tales or myths, um, and I'd highly recommend any of the old Disney movies, the old the old Disney. And I mean, like the the 30s and 40s Disney, you know, so you're talking about Snow White, you're talking about Sleeping Beauty, you're talking about uh, some of the other ones. Yeah, they did almost all these myths. Pinocchio. 
um, you know, the real classic old school Disney, they, they kind you know, they're not exactly the story, but they're pretty darn close. And, you know, a lot of them left in even some of the scarier elements and the fairy tales in the old Disney, you know, but even, even some of the newer stuff, Lion King and some of these stories stick to this mythological pattern too. So you can watch any of those. But you're right, even in things like Top Gun and some of these classic, you know, Rocky, some of these classic stories, even some, yeah, like sure. you said, love these different love stories. Um, even, you know, obviously, even the a lot of yeah. the tales that have, um, you know, female protagonists and so on, those things are, you know, they're mythological in scope. Watch, though, this is one thing I think that would, would help. Watch the characters that really, really push your buttons, the ones you really don't like. And, and you're going to find in those there's something you need to look at within yourself because that's what you would call a projection and usually that's something in the shadow and usually it's something about yourself that you don't like or you don't want to own so the characters that really piss you off in those things are the ones that you're going to want to look at like who in me is like that character or what in me is like that character that i need to really take a serious look at you know what I mean? And that's that shadow work. And you can really do this. So if it's the masculine character, then you need to look and say, okay, well, what is it about this that's really making me angry? If it's the feminine character, what is it that's really pushing your buttons? You know what I'm saying? And you can kind of get at... Well, it could be the uh, the antagonist. It could even be the... I know it's a different type of love story, but you know, it could be something in the, the evil character that mm-hmm. needs to be conquered. Yeah, for sure. In you too, another archetypal, archetypal thing. But it's it's this balance between the head and the heart. And just to kind of review what you had uh, quoted uh, from Manley Hall: um, reason, logic, philosophy, courage, daring, aspiration are more mm-hmm. of the masculine qualities yeah. which we can all have and we all need. Um, you know, the head, and then added to them, inspiration, intuition, grace, beauty, faith, and love, compassion. Uh, those are more of the feminine or the more heart um, capacities. So when working with ourselves, you know, am I doing this? You can ask questions, but basically here's how I (laughs) aligned this, that in the head or the masculine using these archetypes, it's, it's what am I doing um, and and how do I do it? (laughs) That's, one way of looking at that and the feminine would say or the heart Mm -hmm. would say why am i doing this and how am i going about it yeah not how to do something like an instruction it's a it's a value it's a value uh, question isn't it it's like is this worth doing Mm -hmm. and what's the end result in terms of you know, the value of it for all, all, all involved and things like that. So it's taking a bigger view of it than whether or not, you know, not, not just how to do it, but what is going to be the, the, the result of this if we do it. And is it good for us? Is it bad for us? You know what I mean? And that's the romance. Mm-hmm. That's the love story uh, within each and one of us. We have to, and we will be better lovers and have a better love story in our human partners and outer experience uh, when we get this better too yeah. within. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's probably needs to happen maybe at the head of the <laughs> head of the line. Um, but to ask those questions and the flip side is true. Say if you have, you know, a lot of feeling and it's like, 
I, you know, I just, I must do something to, to help this group of people that's underrepresented. And I, you know, I know that it'll be better for them and their children if they have a hand up and I want to do it in a way that doesn't hurt anybody or has a low impact on the environment. And okay, mm -hmm. those are hard things, those are appealing things, those are great. And those can activate mm -hmm. the head to, to do something, but then that has to step in and say, okay, yeah. now what specifically can I do uh, to serve yeah, this, yeah. to serve the exactly. queen, you know, as it were, you know, for God and country, but it's, it's you know, yes, my queen, um, you know, the knight goes off on the, the, the quest or mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. task. Um, to do this thing or find this thing uh, and then he has to figure out you know how is he going to go about it and and everything but it's why you do it and in the manner in which you know it's going to take place yeah and then without and then that exactly and then that with, sort of masculine you know? energy that's going out there and having to actually sort of um you know sort of execute the 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 actual you know material work and you know create this kind of structure and do all these things and you know, then you, it, that has to balance itself out, like you said, with the idealized I, uh, ideas behind it. You know, because in, in, in the real world, quote unquote, you know, you're going to run up in, against situations where it's just it's not it's sometimes impossible to achieve that perfect balance. So, you know, you're always you're constantly weighing these things back and forth, the, you know, the value side of it, the heart side of it. The, the 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 what you know versus the practical logical steps oriented side of it right so it has to be a constant dialogue because you know sometimes sometimes one's going to weigh out over the other and that's that's the challenge is how you keep them balanced in the end i think and so it's never you're never necessarily done in in the exterior world you may complete this you know, this balance within yourself, but even, but out in the world, when you're struggling with stuff, you know, you're constant, it's a constant sort of, um, dialogue and that's what you got to keep it a dialogue. You know, it's, they're not fighting against each other. And that's why let me read this last paragraph, because I think he, Manley Hall really sums this up. We looked we're looking at the external world and looking at like leadership and things like that and how this plays out in the, you know, in the exterior world. Uh, because it is, it is like we said, it's this, it's this dialogue and this balance that has to exist. That's the ideal that you're trying to create. So what he, what he says is, neither a matriarchy nor a patriarchy alone can ever rule the world wisely and well. But when these two join forces, then the affairs of the world will be run as wisely as those of the gods. Then the lords of compassion shall join with the lords of reason in molding the destiny of the universe. You know, that's the archetypal king and the archetypal queen there working in tandem to rule, you know, and that's what we're talking about. And that's what this hermetic marriage is. So hopefully that provides you some 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 food for thought of uh, the books of Robert Johnson and our podcast that we did way back on. He Robert Johnson's book, he uh, is a great place to to check out some more of this kind of archetypal information if you're interested in it, as well as his books She and We. It's all about what we've just been talking about in it from a from a Jungian standpoint, the ideas of relationship, the inner uh, parts, and so on. And really readable, uh, fun, um, really deep books, uh, but but easy to read and and and, and short. So very punchy, uh, really feeling-oriented Jungian work, which is very rare. Most of it is, is from you know introverted thinking types who are 
you know, who love to go on and on with a million mythological examples and so on. Robert Johnson's, it's just, a, he's a breath of fresh air in terms of that material. So I highly recommend him. Uh, any final parting thoughts, Chris? Well, this hermetic marriage ultimately is the one within. And this, and I think we, we are divided or we're at a conflict. I, archetypally, you can see even in a comedy movie, uh, somebody has, they're facing a decision, a moral decision perhaps, and a, a cartoon devil appears on one shoulder and says, yeah, man, do it. Come on, you know, you want it. Um, and then the angelic figure appears on the other <laughs> shoulder. No, how could you possibly dream of doing something so mean? Um, you know, this, this come, we have this within us and we know this. You know, it's not just skilled masculine and beauty feminine. You know, we have mm -hmm. these maybe kind of good and bad things because that is the value judgment. And we both inform the other. There's the heart mind. And there is, you know, a feeling mm -hmm. thought. Yeah. Or a thoughtful feeling. Uh, that these are both going on. They're connected with each other. And they do like the yin and the yang. They contain some, oh, they already contain the one in the other or the other in the one. And that's the gateway. Maybe that's where the, this connection can kind of like the, you know, the, the, the intelligence, the logic of my feeling heart can connect with the logic of my mm. compassionate brain. You know, that, that these two really kind of come together. Yes, they, you know, we have to look at these separate things, but as they redeem and rescue and inform and support each other, uh, they still maintain some of their, you know, individual aspects and qualities and when they need to. Uh, but there's this part in the middle where uh, they emerge and this union and the great alchemical drawings of you know, the Middle Ages it's shown often as a hermaphrodite, which mm -hmm. is Hermes. We're talking about the hermetic marriage and Aphrodite, you know, of love. So that this becomes a, you know, either in a single human, either it has two heads, the king and the queen, you know, heads, or its body, you know, physically is shown as having, um, you know, hermaphroditic parts. Uh, it's this symbol that once this marriage takes place, there's a transformation mm -hmm. And you really can't go back. You may still be the king on this one side, and you might still be the queen on this other side. But because those two are together, they're both transformed into something really wholly different than, Great point. than what they were. Great point. At the beginning. Very good uh, description as well of that that process. Thank you. Um, thank you for providing that great structure and uh, and your words of wisdom today. I appreciate it. Well, all from Manly Hall, and then, of course, the wise sages and storytellers from indeed, indeed. all ages and places. Indeed, indeed. Come to this all right. Well, point. thank you for joining us uh, on this uh, edition of the Cosmic Eye Show, where we spoke about Manly Hall's hermetic marriage. If you haven't heard the first part of this, go back and check it out. And like I said, check out uh, our previous podcast way back at the beginning on uh, Robert Johnson's He. I think you might get something out of that as well. Um, Thanks for supporting us, all of our listeners who are supporting us. Uh, if you would care to make a donation, we would greatly appreciate it. It helps us out. It helps us get the show out there and, and spread this uh, information, this ancient wisdom out there. Uh, that's at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. You can make a donation through there. 
Uh, check us out at CosmicEye.org or at ChrisSheridan.com. And again, both of our books are The Spirit in the Sky. That's Chris's book. And mine is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. Join us on Friday as well for our Emmett Fox show. Thanks again. Uh, have a great week. We appreciate you guys. Goodbye and God bless. <laughs>